know your worth, know your value, know how important that's the performance team is, know how important the relationship side of things are and, and don't, don't lose those connections. Hey everyone, and welcome to Sports Arty Snippets. I'm Liz Waluka, a registered dietitian and board certified specialist in sports dietetics. Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you a sports dietitian guest that will share advice, insight, and rewards of the profession. Snippets of their own career path to becoming a sports RD. Hey everyone, welcome back to Sports Arty Snippets. I'm super excited to have Julia Zaluski today on the podcast. Julia talks all about her mentors in the field, key lessons learned when transitioning into a new role, and we talk about the differences between working at a Power 5 institution versus working outside of the Power 5. We recorded this episode while Julia was still at Tulsa before she started her new role at Arkansas. So if you're totally confused on why we never mentioned Arkansas in the episode, it's because she wasn't there yet when we were recording. So just an FYI. Julia Zaluski started last week as the football dietitian for the University of Arkansas. Previously, she was the director of sports nutrition for the University of Tulsa Athletic Department for two plus years, working under the athletic performance staff. She came to Tulsa following one season as the director of sports nutrition at New Mexico State University. Zaluski was the first dietitian at NMSU, where she was responsible for developing and implementing the sports nutrition program for all 15 intercollegiate teams. Prior to her time at New Mexico State University, Julia was a Gatorade SNP fellow at Northwestern University, mentored by Katie Knappenberger. There, she worked with football, women's basketball, women's soccer, and baseball. Before that, she was a graduate intern in sports nutrition for Beth Wolfgram at the University of Utah while completing the Coordinated Master's program. Julia completed her bachelor's in biology from St. Olaf College. Let's jump in and let's meet Julia. Hey, Julia, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Liz, how's it going? It's going, how are you doing? I'm good, busy, but good. I was just trying to think, I've actually been to Tulsa. Did I ever tell you that? No. When, when, when were you in Tulsa? I traveled with football my first two years. It's super funny. I, I never saw one sports dietitian because in the American conference, there just wasn't many at the time. I think, is it Annie or Anne Hogan was there? Annie Lowry here before. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I reached out to Annie. I think she just like, wasn't there, but I've been to Tulsa. We played football there. Yeah. What do you know? Did you like it? I don't really remember much. It reminded me of a nice high school. (laughs) Tulsa is a, I really, I really enjoyed it. The city is great. It's definitely like a city yet a lot of wide open spaces. You can get outside really easily and it's just been a good place to, to have no. a bit of a program. So very cool. Well, yeah. I just start these episodes off with how we know each other. I feel like I just probably knew you from SNP because you were the class after me and then mm-hmm. the American conference, UConn just left the American, but we're in the Big East now, but we were in the American conference. Yeah, you, you did leave. You did leave us behind, but uh, yeah, we were kind of networking through that too, trying to build a a little group there. Um, <laughs> but I never really got going as much as I wanted it to. But I'm connected to the those maybe that you, I know. Maybe here. the American dietitians are listening right now, and they can connect with you. Connect with me, yeah. Let's go. I know a couple. 
All right, so let's jump in. Can you take us through your career path up until this point where you started and where you are today? Yeah, um, my career, I love, I love hearing everyone's story because everyone's story is so different. Like I have a great memory of when I was at Northwestern Talk and we all talked through this um, and just, it's always great to hear this, but I mean, I was not a nutrition undergrad major at all. I was biology. Um, I knew in a small school in Minnesota called St. Olaf College. So I definitely was on the track to either do nutrition or do marine biology. And I studied abroad in Australia and said, hey, you know what? I don't think I wanna do that. <laughs> um, and I decided I worked part-time two years after I graduated at a, um, as a, in the hospital as a, why can't I even think of? Children's Hospital. And so really liked that. And that's also when deregulation was happening and uh, Katie got hired at Northwestern and my parent, my dad's a Northwestern alum and we knew one of the coaches, football coaches there who said, hey, we just hired a dietitian. And that was something that I decided I was interested in. So I, you know, I reached out to Katie at that time, no idea about any sports at that time, how the field was going or anything like that, but just reached out to her and she you know, connect, gave me some info, connected me with some like grad school programs. That's how I got connected to Utah. That's how I got to Utah. You know, she recommended that program because she went through it herself. And so that's how I got kind of, you know, it was a coordinated program was the right fit for me. Didn't have to apply to the DIs that way and lucky enough to get in. Yeah. And they have a great program, sports nutrition concentration. And I was lucky enough there to meet Beth. Wolfgram and a bunch of other dietitians there, Lauren Jones and Craig Moore, great people that I've been able to stay connected with. And then I, again, was reconnected with Katie after my time at Utah as a SNP um, and did my fellowship, SNP fellowship with her, which was a great experience. Um, they were, that was the year before the new facilities opened. So it was really kind of cool to be able to see that planning process. Um, and then I struggled to find a job after the SNP. Um, I interviewed at a lot of different places and every place, you know, it just wasn't, everybody always said it wasn't the right fit. So I ended up having a great opportunity um, and being able to get hired at New Mexico State for their football season and trying to build something there. And my name got out there and I was connected here in to Tulsa and I've been here ever since. It's kind of a long-winded journey, but I've, I've moved a lot, but I've, but I've liked everywhere I've been, and it's really helped me develop into who I am as a dietitian. Wow, I didn't know that you knew Katie before SNP. That's really funny. Yes, that, so that, that's uh, How it all works. fun to there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it, that was 2014, I think, when I reached out to her. So just, you know, luck of the draw, she was, Katie, you know, Katie's great. So I'm, I can never say enough positive things about Katie and what she's done for me and for our field. So um, I was very lucky to have that connection going, going to Utah even, so. Very cool. Can you talk about your time as a graduate assistant at Utah? Because I, I feel like we haven't talked about GA positions yet. Can you just kind of tell everyone what like a sports nutrition GA does or their role within the program? Sure. I mean, they've, you know, it's definitely being redeveloped as every year we, you know, redevelop kind of what that is. At Utah, it's a little bit different just because it's, um, you're, you're through the nutrition department, like graduate intern or graduate assistant. And then we have our 
full year, second year in our grad program with doing a rotation, how, wherever you, your choice. And I chose Utah athletics and luckily they chose me. So, um, but the idea is that you're able to get experience and I know they've revamped kind of some stuff, how they've done it since I've been there, but you're learning from at the time, three or four different dietitians and getting, you know, getting exposure to way more than just the fueling stations, way more than just the stocking, being able to be part of that day in and day out to football camp and learning that side of things. You know, I worked with the ski team there and I never, you know, that's a unique sport as a whole, just because there's not that many out there in NCAA, but you know, there's, there are unique opportunities there just to kind of get your feet wet and what you wanted. And you really could make it what, how, what the experience that you wanted it to be. And Beth was really great in being able to, you know, talk things through and, and lead by example and just having excited people there was, was probably like the biggest thing that I took away from, from that experience. Is the master's paid for, or how does, how does the GA work? So Utah was, is, is really interesting. And I, it could have changed slightly by now, but, um, you know, it's, I, you get, um, in-state tuition if you are get a GA position through the nutrition department, nutrition and integrated physiology department. So I think I ended up paying for about half, no, like a, maybe a fourth of my program cost because uh, just through the GA, like through being, working as a GA and then through other opportunities um, while I was there as well. So I was also a, a GA for master's classes as well. Oh. Wow. So mm-hmm. we're very busy. Yeah. It's definitely a unique program. And I wouldn't it, like in the sense of like the graduate assistant side of things is through the nutrition department, but so you're kind of a graduate intern, so to say in the athletic for the athletic department, because you could also do other routes um, like community wise through different, like they have like an orthopedic hospital in the area that you could do your rotation with, you know, before Alan left, you could I know you could do U.S. ski and snowboard. So they have different options available. It's not just the Utah Athletic Department. It's the surrounding area. Speed skating is there as well. They have a community center that um, employees can go to as well um, through the University of Utah. Got it. So is your first year just master's and then the DI part or is it, or is it kind of like intermingled? Yeah, so it's kind of intermingled. So you do some hours their first year running a clinic and doing a lot more classes because it is a coordinated program. So um, there's a lot of you got to do the some more background medical term, medical nutrition therapy side of things a little bit. And then really your rotations are May, June and July, May, June, July and August for clinical um, food service and then community you kind of start in August but that could be something that continues throughout the whole year that's usually the rotation that we kind of like that was my Utah athletic rotation started there and then I just continued on with them very cool anything that you learned about yourself during your time as a graduate assistant at Utah working with athletics that you found out about in a good way or I guess not bad way but you know what I mean yeah I would say that that year, like that was a big year for just like un- understanding how an athletic department works and really diving into understanding how like the different energy systems and throughout different sports, just because that was like the first year you really got to do, I, at least for me, I really got to do hand in hand stuff with teams. And I think I just grew as a, 
you know, pre-dietitian, like I, I, it gave me the confidence that I needed, you know, to sit for the RD exam and, and feel confident going into a, a SNP program. Um, I think it just prepared me really well for that. You were like immersed before the actual immersion. That's what <laughs> yes, pre, pre-immersion. Yeah. All right. So I want to know, and I'm sure everyone else wants to know, what's the best advice you've received from working with Beth Wolfgram and Katie Nappenberger? Ooh, that's that's the that that's a great question because there's so many pieces of advice that I can that they for them all. I'm sure everyone has time. I mean, I mean, why not? I mean, Kate, like they're they're two really good people, and I've been very lucky to have them as mentors. Um, I mean, they both have similar messaging in, in how to do things and how to you know to run a department. You know, Beth's not in college athletics anymore, but what she like her, the biggest piece of advice I could take away from her is 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 knowing like know your value and know kind of like have a work-life balance because you're gonna there's so much burnout in our field that you know having that work-life balance is huge um I was lucky enough to know to get to know her family very her son and her and her family very well so just those connections I think building connections also as well as really what she taught me and get outside because oh, you, you can't beat the outside you can, nothing there's no therapy as good as just getting outside and getting some sun on your face or whatever it is so and Katie is you know she had been at Utah she had worked known Beth obviously different a few years before so things have changed since since then since when I got there but you know, Katie, Katie gets me to think about things differently. She is so creative and so has just a great perspective and great outlook on things. I mean, I think that that's where I really learned how, how I wanted to run what, what, how, what, what I wanted to pull from different places that I've been at to run a department, uh, the way I wanted to do it. And, she's so creative like so many there's it's so fun like she makes work fun and I like I the biggest piece of advice I think she is to again know your worth know your value know how important that's the performance team is know how important the relationship side of things are and 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 don't 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 lose those connections stay connected basically I love that I love the know your value and the work-life balance. Cause I think, I mean, work-life balance is not easier said than done, but I think it's super important to realize that like when you have like a life outside of work, it probably, it likely makes you better at your work. (laughs) I know it sounds obvious in a way, but, or maybe that doesn't sound obvious, but to think that, I mean, obviously I wish I lived in Utah. So I go skiing every weekend or like go find a boulder or something (laughs) or a canyon to run through. But um, I don't know. I think that's obviously something that we haven't really talked yet a lot about on the podcast, but how like your life outside of work can make you better at your job versus mm-hmm. only at your job. <laughs> no, I totally, I mean, I think everyone has to find, like people talk about it, right? Like work-life balance, but what does that mean to you? And what does that mean to like your program? Is it your family that that helps you do that? Is it getting outside? Is it you know, taking your hour lunch break to get a lift in or get a workout in, whatever it is, but you got to have some balance and you got to be able to, otherwise that burnout is real. 
Um, and I think you got to also be in the right place with the right people to, to feel like you have that work-life balance as well. Yeah, that's super important. Just how it's different for everyone. Cause I think you can get caught up in maybe at, like looking at someone else's like social media reel or like, who knows, mm -hmm. be like, oh wow. Like, like, I don't know, but um, I, I think it's a really good point. It's going to look different for everyone. But I also, mm -hmm. like you're saying it, you got to work around people that also get it too, mm -hmm. obviously to just mm -hmm. be a good. And, and that takes time too. You know, you don't entry level. Like I didn't know what I was yeah. doing. Started at New Mexico State. I had a vision, but you know I, how you you know relay that vision is is doesn't always come out the way you want it to. So um, I think like you learn a lot every place you go to, and you learn a lot with every different person you work with too. So that's a great segue into our next question. <laughs> any any advice for starting a new role as an early director of sports nutrition at you know just from New Mexico to Tulsa? Just any advice? Just know that it's never going to go the way you think it's going to. Um, you know, I, I came from Northwestern, which is very big, has one of the top, in my opinion, like sports medicine based educations and programs out there, all encompassing with nutrition aspect. Their performance teams are great. So I was expecting, you know, to come in there and be able to do something, you know, I want to build a high performance team there. I want, you know, I want to do all these things. Well, you know, I did make a list, right. And I got maybe three out of the 10 things that I wanted to accomplish there, you know, done. And I just had never been in charge of, you know, running the whole football side of things. So, you know, I'd always, always been assisting. And that's something too, you know, that I wish I'd maybe asked more questions about, you know, you know, you know, the, ordering the hotel, the travel, all that stuff, you know, you just learn by doing. And I was lucky enough to have great director of operations there who, you know, helped me through that, that time. And the support needs to be there, I think, too, for you to be successful. And it definitely was there. There were great athletic trainers, people eager to, to work with dietitian for the first time. So be patient too, because everything takes extra time when you're, when you're, when you're brand new. So, so from that experience from New Mexico, then going to Tulsa, was there something that you did differently from like that second transition that made it easier? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I think I just listened, I listened a lot more. I listened to like, you know, the needs assessment piece that you, you need to do when you go to a new, new job or new program, basically, uh, is that needs assessment piece is huge. You know, listening to coaches, listening to players listening to your coworkers, and here I'm under athletic performance so that's a whole nother level of things than you're than I was used to because I've never been you know really working side by side by the strength coaches day in and day out versus the athletic training staff so you know how, how the program is set up as well like where does the sports dietitian fit in in the athletic department and here it's under athletic performance which for me I think helps has really helped me strengthen my understanding of sports science of periodization of, of weight room training side of things, because that was something that I think I, without even realizing it didn't, didn't have that experience. And just having that network as well of strength coaches who are so enthusiastic and you get, there's such a variety of strength coaches out there. They're not, you know, all meatheads or however you want to say it, but, you know, I think really the sports science side of things has been something I've been really interested in as well. Um, just data, having, having data. I like having data to be like 
you know, we're evidence-based, right? So yeah. having data to be able to back up some stuff and be able to show kids and show coaches and work with is, is pretty cool to be able to see how our strength staff is doing that as well and adjusting things. And then them taking my, my, my input as well into things has been great. I love how you said when you made the transition to Tulsa that like you listen more. Mm -hmm. like, that's so amazing because I mean, like I haven't been anywhere else at, like, you know, since starting at UConn, but like you're saying you, you and you're coming into your first job, you have all these amazing ideas. Like, it's just so funny. I don't even remember to be honest, but like, I'm sure I was like, woohoo, like here I go. And yeah. it's funny too, because like those three out of 10 things that you got done, like now looking back, it's like, wow, I should have been so grateful. I got three out of those 10 things done because those things still mattered, but it's just really funny, like how important it is to listen and mm -hmm. to hear the needs of what, you know, because the people that have been there before you have been there before you so much longer and they know their mm -hmm. athletes and it's only going to help with buying more if you listen and learn. But it's just really funny because I don't, it's like not anyone's fault for being like young and eager. Like what else are you supposed to do? You know? Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, that's a great, great point that you make because, you know, we're all, we're all eager. We all want to do, we all want to be the best. We all want to have our athletes succeed and have our programs succeed. So, you know, we always want to bring the next level nutrition to wherever, but being able to figure out how it, how to do it successfully is a huge piece of that. Yeah. Okay, so I know you just talked about that you were at Northwestern, made the transition to New Mexico. Can you talk about the advantages and disadvantages of working outside of a Power 5 school at Tulsa yeah. or New Mexico too? I mean, obviously everyone knows one of the biggest disadvantages to being a group of five or not even in a conference is financially um, less, less resources financially, which negative positive and negative thing because it forces you to be more creative right yeah think outside the box how can I still bring that next level uh nutrition education and experience to this place while still maintaining the budget that needs to be, needs to be met to be able to keep this position and keep be able to feed our student athletes in in some way I think that's probably the biggest one that I know that I've noticed resource wise just the resources obviously there's our advantages though I would say for sure because just I mean I I see it as you know everyone sees you kind of as an underdog right like you're not part of the big group so no one's going to take you seriously type thing and and we've seen that a lot throughout all our sports like especially with TV time for different sports this year and with COVID and everything. Um, but the best thing I would say is no matter where you are, healthcare matters. So the COVID side of things, you have, you invest, you have to invest in that. You have to invest in the health and safety of your student athletes. So that's one aspect um, that we were able to, you know, really push here was making sure that we had what we needed to, and they supported us in that for, this trend, the transition of re, of re-entering college athletics bat last year. So big advantages, big disadvantages, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. I think it makes you stronger for whatever role you want down the road. Yeah. I kind of laughed. So I actually didn't know what the power five was until after SNP. Cause I didn't like UNC was in the power five. I didn't even know UConn wasn't until I started working there. Cause it wasn't like something you talked about. 
I guess because I was right. working in a power pipe school and I just like didn't know that was like a thing but yeah that's yeah. a really good point of, of like you know obviously financially compared to a you know a power pipe school that wouldn't be there but the ability to think outside the box and be creative I think it's such an advantage in a way mm-hmm. and I, I don't I don't know I don't like think about I think the biggest thing like I don't do a ton of food service and the really great thing about food service is I do feel like it you get by and like faster maybe if you are doing a ton of food service Mm -hmm. but also like I don't wish I was doing food service either because I like to counsel so I think it's just it there are so many ways you can look at it but also like being Mm -hmm. outside the power five I still feel like I provide the same services as a power five school I just don't have like five fueling stations and 10 satellite ones and I'm not sure I want them right like I don't yeah and I think that's no I think that's a great point like we still are able to provide so much for student athletes but yeah I mean I think it depends on what your personal goals are too some of it like you know do you want like you've made the point of like I I like the counseling side so more than the food service you know how do you we still are able to provide essential nutrition to the student athletes so how do you want your program to run and how do you want to use those resources that you have basically Um, and I do think it also helps you build a lot of connections throughout the university, um, just a lot of the time being, also maybe only being the only dietitian there most of the time at a group of five um, helps you really build connections throughout campus. Yeah, that's a good point of like the food service and the counseling that you were just saying, because I think sometimes I'll like read a cover letter from a student and it would be like, my dream is to be a dietitian in the, in the power five, or power five sports dietitian. And like, that's not like bad or wrong, but it, it's just like really funny now that we're like on the other side to realize like maybe it's more like I want to counsel or I want to do a lot of food service or I want to be a chef not like I want to work at a level of a school system Mm -hmm. of like the value there so I just think it's interesting to think like I don't know I guess when you're younger you don't really know what you would want because you haven't seen anything yet but instead of maybe the title Mm -hmm. of the job it's like maybe thinking more about like what you actually want to do and where you want to spend your time which is just interesting. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's, I think it's great. And I've taught, like, just mentoring a few people over the last couple of years, you know, not, they don't really realize what they want until they kind of start to get into it a little bit and really see, you know, this is, oh, maybe I want to be a stronger, you know, at, at the food service side of things, or maybe I really want to build more connections throughout campus or, or whatever it is, or I want to counsel and, and I care more about the supplement side of things. But in reality, you got to care about all of it but how can you maybe focus on one area that you like more than the others or so to say? Is there any area you feel like you definitely like spending your time in now that you've seen like how many schools, four schools, five schools? Yeah, four schools, yeah, four. (laughs) I would say, I mean, I I like all, I just like educating. So if it's one-on-one, if it's with a group, if it's at the grocery store, if it's on FaceTime with somebody trying to cook, whatever it is. Um, I just like the education side of things. Uh, I, you know, I think all the other stuff is a bonus. You know, sometimes, you know, budget meetings are not our favorite thing, but they're a necessary part of our job. And so like things like that, but I do like the education piece the most. And I I think it comes from my years of like being a swim coach that I like to like, I want to, and again, some people say like, Miss Julia, but they have like one or two athletes that'll be like, Coach Julia. And I'm like, I'm kind of in between there. So I'm not a coach, but I'm not 
<laughs> I don't think anyone's called me a coach once on email and I was like "Ooh, I'm not a coach <laughs> I think it's just good that we distinguish ourselves separately though from that because sometimes they people think about strength coaches when they think about that or they think about their position coach or their head coach or whoever it is and so I think it is good that we separate ourselves from that but I we are essentially nutrition coach. That's what we're doing. But yeah. I, I think it helps when we separate ourselves at, from, from that side of things. Yeah, I love that nutrition coaching, educating, getting in front of the athletes. I miss some of that stuff from COVID. Like I miss grocery store mm-hmm. tour. I mean, we could technically still do them, but the food events and all mm-hmm. those fun things, cooking classes. Yeah, I feel like that's like the best part. And I think at any level, you can totally do those things. It might look mm-hmm. different. Like maybe you're not, you know, in this amazing kitchen. Maybe you have to buy like your own little griddles or whatever you can totally still do a lot of things that are similar but maybe miss it from COVID yeah so I mean we've definitely scaled back some of what we've done but we're still doing you know try it Tuesdays and we're actually we're in an indoor facility right now our weight room is and that's where the nutrition center is but we're we're going to be renovating the weight room and that just started this week so that includes a brand new nutrition center and so I've been able to you know build plan some of that and so we're kind of COVID kind of threw a wrench in some of that, but uh, the transition piece is, you know, we don't, we don't have a ton of resources then to be able to provide again, additional stuff on top of that. So we try to do grocery store. We try to do as much of that stuff as we can to really encourage our athletes to improve their, their cooking side of thing skills, basically. Amazing. You ready for the rapid fire round? Let's do it. Jello or pudding? Pudding. Have you ever had dirt pudding? Is that what it's called? Like the dirt cup? Like with the Oreos and the worms? Oh, yeah, that's my jam right there. I that was like a New England thing, but I'm glad it's not. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, do you have a favorite seltzer flavor? Ooh. um, No, but I like raspberry things. So usually those are the the good ones. Do Do you like the flavor creamsicle in general? I'm not a big cream, creamsicle. Creamsicle yeah. person. No, I'm well, not anyone, a big cream. For anyone out there listening, if you like creamsicles, which is a very random thing to like, I don't like eat that often. The orange vanilla seltzer from Polar is life-changing. Cool. It's like drinking a creamsicle, which I know it sounds weird, but I wouldn't give a recommendation that was poor on this. So. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> what do we do if we go to Tulsa? If we travel to Tulsa, what are we, what are we supposed to do there? Oh, great question. Definitely go up to the gathering place. It's a park along the river, but you want to come probably like May when it's not super hot yet okay. and not cold. And you're through like most of the tornadoes as well. So um, there's a gathering place that's really great. They have really good food all throughout Tulsa. Like we have a ton of really good like soul food places here. We have a really good we're really a culture, I would like to say, because we have a lot of different groups uh, culturally as well. So like people are like, our players are always like, hey, go to this place, try this place, try this place. Cause they know, they find the best places some, somehow. Um, Cause you got kids, well, cause they're from all over. You got kids from Europe, you got kids from Louisiana. And so they want to find, they find a mix of everything. So y'all find something good to eat. You'll go to a park. You'll have a good time. It'll be great. Go to you can if eventually you could go see a concert at Kane's Historic Ballroom. It's a big it's a big thing. It's popular. You can look it up. All right. Yeah. 
don't know when I'll be back, but if I am, <laughs> I'll A, let you know. B. Yeah. Um, what's something you did before COVID that you can't believe we did before COVID? Oh, I don't even know. That's a great one. Well, sometimes just like the water bottle situations, you know, like that we let them, some of them put their mouths really close. Like, why did we not squirt them in our mouths before? Or like, you know, or they, why did we not give them their own bottles before type thing? Kind of grosses me out if I want to really think about it. Um, And I really kind of like the sneeze guards that you have up at like catered events, like Oh that yeah, kinda, that should like, be what? normal. You're right. Like that would be normal. Because yeah, like, why do we not have anyways? All the time. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I think there's a lot of like random. Or I'll just. I don't think there's like a ton that I'm like. Why do we not do this before? But or like we have RTDs this year. So why do we not do this before COVID? At least for our budget, that's big. Um, I'd say that's something I would probably the biggest one is those are is having ready to drink protein shakes for our student athletes. Interesting. I didn't know you didn't have those. That's interesting. I mean, we had a few, but we didn't, we couldn't get like budget wise. We, we had mix in here and there when we were able to give to certain to teams and what's not. I can't believe we used to do like potlucks. Like people would bring food. Like, oh, that's a good one. Maybe that it's a good gross, one. like with like family friends or like friends, but yeah. like think of like events, like banquets or like in high school. Yeah. Now that you say that. <laughs> Such a scarring memory, but like I think my in high school we for like my basketball banquet like everyone brought a dish and like that's disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Some some dishes that student athletes make. I, some of them are be really good. Some of them not so great. All right, last question. Are you ready? Yep. If you could tell your younger Artie self one thing, what would you say? Be patient. Be patient and listen everybody around you, like anybody you're working with is going to teach you something, whether, and you're probably going to teach them something without realizing it. So just have patience because what, you know, what you're looking for is going to be out there eventually. Um, And maybe you, your idea of what you're looking for changes and, and just through talking to people, just through working through whatever job you're working in and any experience, I think in our field right now, is is valuable um finding ways to get stay connected i wish i would you know there's i i'm terrible at trying to stay connected to everybody because as as you get older the more connections you make the harder it is to always stay connected to people so just but still make an effort at that i would say i love that be patient and listen like you'll get Mm -hmm. to do what you want to do if you you have to listen first and then the vision comes to life. Mm-hmm. And yes, so the vision comes to life. <laughs> well, Julia, thanks so much for being on today. This was so fun having you on. Thanks, Liz. I really had a good time talking with you. See ya. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on Sports Arty Snippets. I hope you found our conversation helpful today. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. Share the podcast or tell another sports RD to be or sports dietitian about it. If you can rate and review the podcast, it really helps the show and is much appreciated. Remember to follow along on Instagram at Sports RD Snippets to see what Sports RD guest is featured each week. 
I'm super excited to bring on my upcoming guests, so stay tuned. I'm Liz Waluka, and thanks so much for listening.